This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast coming live today with Janae Sergio because she's got a little something going on uh, this month that we wanted to get out to everybody on a live stream. So I uh, appreciate you uh, being on, Janae. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Of course. So you'd reached out through one of the uh, vet tribes that we're both connected to because uh, there's a big announcement. I guess today's the day for... Um, well, do you want to talk a little bit about that? And then we'll talk about your history. What's coming out this yes. month? <laughs> I wrote a cover and today is the day for the big, um, well, book cover reveal. So I revealed the book and the actual release of the book is going to be on April 21st. All right. Fantastic. So that's a little bit of a Quentin Tarantino to let people know what's coming on the back end. Um, yes. Always like to let people know ahead of time. So how did we get to this point? I know you served in the Navy, but in part of your bio, you were talking about growing up in California and some adversity that also seemed to lay the seed for um, your current business, as a matter of fact. Yes. Um, I grew up in California. Um, I came from a very dysfunctional, like a long chain of dysfunction in my family. Um, and when I was, right, I think a lot of us do. And, and that's why I wanted to share it, because I think my story resonates with a lot of people. Um, a long chain of dysfunction. And by the time I was 15, 16 years old, my mom ended up actually dropping me off at a homeless shelter. So I kind of went my entire 15th year of life um, just transitioning in and out of other people's houses. And um, 16 years old, she dropped me off at a homeless shelter in Hollywood, California. And um, I spent my teen years there and joined the Navy. I kind of, I was starting to feel like, kind of like, wasn't sure what my future would hold and what there was for me. And this was before 9-11, we were at peacetime. I didn't really know much about what the military did, but one of my close friends um, told me, hey, I joined the Navy and you're gonna be next to the ocean all the time. And I like the beach. So I was like, all right, sounds good to me. That works, um, so. And then, uh, so I joined the Navy. I served eight years. I was one of the uh, first to uh, be shipped off in the Navy for Operation Enduring Freedom when it was kicked <laughs> off. Um, and then I, after I transitioned out, I worked as a federal employee. And my story, my personal story, a synopsis of it went viral in 2018. And I was able to kind of share my story. And as I did that, I realized that there's a lot of people who have similar backgrounds or who have overcome similar adversities and maybe that they would resonate and um, maybe sharing my story could help other people. And so that's why we went ahead and I wrote a book. <laughs> Very cool. It, it's really neat that you mentioned the reason that you're doing a lot of this is to let other people know uh, the only reason intentional disruption exists was when I was going through some of my recovery from transition. Well, like I did eight years in the Marines and my transition was about the worst that you could imagine. But I'm sorry, what year was that? Uh, 2008. So Same. I was similar to you. I got in yeah. just beforehand and, you know, <laughs> E2 towers fall down. Well, that's not what I expected. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we, it, it we actually got well. out the same year. So I can relate. <laughs> Yeah, go and it's always nice to transition out right into a global recession. Um, that, exactly. That's a solid option. Um, side note, you mentioned that in addition to the clothing line, you also manage some of the uh, Air Force hotels. Yes, like. I am. I'm the chief of Air Force Lodging. And so I um, oversee all of the Air Force Lodging portfolio. So for those of you that aren't in the Air Force, maybe you're in the Marines like me, 
theirs is better. Um, <laughs> it's so the best. My, <laughs> yeah, my unit was on an Air Force base and uh, uh, Chicopee, Massachusetts, Westover Air Force Base. And you guys had like these luxury dorms and then <laughs> gave us the abandoned housing that wasn't even on base. Like I didn't have, have to show my ID to get out, get to my unit because we were off base. Yeah. <laughs> so we have the largest and best um, lodging accommodations in the Department of Defense. And we have an incredible, incredible um, team that works for us. And this, the last couple of years have been extremely challenging for us overcoming um, the impacts of the pandemic as it's hit the travel industry the hardest. And so my team has done an amazing job, amazing job of supporting the airmen through the pandemic. And always they're, they're great. Yeah, if if you want a quality of life, uh, Air Force, just, yes. just go that way. But, <laughs> I came from the Navy, and so coming over from the Navy, I was like, "Oh, I love it here." <laughs> you mean you don't make your airmen hot bunk, really? Oh, <laughs> they don't. Yeah. I taught oh. the I taught my team that that saying, and they were like, "What?" <laughs> so yeah, no hot racking here. <laughs> no, that, that's one good thing about my Marine Corps experience is I spend three days on the water total. Um, so it was a lot of years in the desert, just not a lot of over there. So now how does you, you mentioned in some of the stuff we talked about prior that some of your time as a teenager influenced your desire to go into the fashion industry. Yes. Um, I remember talking about that and I used to do that too. I think there was a song about thrift shop. I used to be really fly that way, but how did that passion turn into the decision to flip the switch and actually, you know, open a store. So when I was, when I was living in Hollywood, um, I ended up, I started working at shops on Melrose Boulevard, which Melrose is the best fashion you can find. Um, we had all the celebrities mm -hmm. shopping there, very flashy, very extravagant type of apparel. And um, in working in the shops, I wanted to stay. And that was that was what I wanted for myself. I wanted to open a store there on Melrose Boulevard and, and be able to share my love for fashion with everyone. Um, but I wasn't able to do that because of my situation. So I joined the Navy. And when I joined the Navy, I said, do you have anything similar to what I'm already doing? <laughs> and they said, yeah, we have a job called the storekeeper. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so my first job in the Navy was actually um, managing the toilet paper storeroom, not the same as what I was doing in Melrose. Um, but it gave me the foundation that I needed in order to uh, carry over and still be able to open the shop that I have today because I learned about stock control and a lot of behind the scenes business mm -hmm. um, uh, necessities in order to open my store. Um, and so after you know, I started doing well with my federal job and I was able to build up enough uh, to put in for an investment towards my shop. Um, and then I gained a good following on social media. I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a go and I'm going to try to open. I'm going to try to go with my passion. A lot of veterans at the time were opening, you know, more tactical shops or shops that are lend towards fitness oh, yeah. or, you know, patriotic. And, and I love it. They're all doing great things. But it just didn't feel right for me. I was like, I want to stick with what I love. And and also because being in the military, you kind of lose a little bit of your sense of individuality. And so I felt like I wanted to share my love for fashion with other women and kind of see them step out of their comfort zone and kind of embrace their love for fashion, fashion as well. And so I have had my 
brand perfectly flawed for since 2019. And um, we've been expanding over the last few years and it's, it's doing pretty well. Yeah. And you mentioned in some of the uh, materials, you know, being in the multiple six figures for, you know, a shop, that's, it's not easy with the amount of noise that's in the marketplace. So for the business owners that I work with, I normally talk to them about that noise canceling message and, you know, speak exactly to who you want because, you know, 7 billion people, you only need a thousand raving fans to really get a brand going. So how did that process work for you? Because from what I can see, it's kicked off rather well. Thank you. And it's, it's all through organic marketing. Um, mm-hmm. So I've just marketed on my own. Um, and the real, you know, I, I'd have to really give credit to um, the, my friends, my fellow social media influencer friends that I made over the years. Uh, when I first started my brand, I had a large male following. And so I heard, I got a lot of criticism that, you know, you're, you're not going to meet you're you're not going to be able to market to the followers that you have because they're all men and they're not going to be able to wear women's clothing. And it, it was, I was a little bit nervous about that at first. Um, but I had several large, uh, influencer female friends and they were kind enough to support my brand and to help me with promoting my brand and getting the word out there. And, um, and, and that's how we did it. So we've just been marketing on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and just really sharing our love for fashion. And I think one of the ways that I kind of have been able to cancel out some of the noise is modeling the clothes myself, because um, I look like what a lot of the people who um, are shopping look like. I have a, a midsize shape and I'm you know, in my, I'm going to turn 40 next week. Um, so a lot of the women that are shopping are like, Hey, I can relate. And if it looks like that on you, then I think it'll, you know, I'll feel good in that as well. And so that's been really helpful. Yeah. And that's the model that a lot of companies follow, like your fashion novos, people of that nature is like, I mean, I mean, I'm a guy. So like I bought seven of these, so I just wear the same (laughs) basically every day, but like I used to do that. And like I see even with my wife, it's like, you know, she's five one and you know, oh, I don't like she was telling me like I don't wear this type of dress because of how it falls on me, but like she'll look to see, all right, here's somebody like me, here's how it works. And then they feel okay, you know, going forward, because they know expectations are gonna equal reality in that case. So it's it's definitely a good thing. And I'd imagine that creates a very good tribe for you as well, uh, among your you know, clients. Oh, the best tribe. I have the most amazing group, the the Flawed Squad. Um, we have an oh, amazing community. <laughs> Thank you. We have an amazing community of women and um, and people. There's a lot of people that are part of the Flawed Squad. Um, you know, a lot of the original customers that I had were fellow military veterans and um, spouses and people who are who have an affiliation with the military. And like I said, it was just their chance to really step out of their comfort zone because, you know, in the military, we wear uniforms when we're not wearing uniforms, we're wearing PT gear. And so it was a chance for them to step out and and wear something flirty and fun. And a lot of them have given that feedback where it's like, and we all, we all encourage each other and we're all cheering each other on. And it's, we have a wonderful, wonderful group. And a lot of them have started their own businesses as well. And so that's been really fun to watch. Thing. 
No, it's always good to be the inspiration for people to go out and, you know, move past their comfort zone, whether it's in business or, I mean, it could come down to, you know, the self-esteem side and just wear something that you feel empowered in. That's, you know, that's a very powerful thing. You know, in the Marines, we would say, you know, look good, feel good. Um, you know, we all had like 30 shades of green basically, but like it was a crisp <laughs> green and it was very yes. well put together. So that that's a very, very good point. Now, We've got about 10 minutes. You wrote a book. I'm debating writing a book just to codify some of the business consulting practices I do. What made you decide to write a book, get it on paper, go through the editing process? Because it is not a simple thing for those listening. <laughs> it is not. Um, over the years, my, my, you know, with the social media following, but not just the following, people in my life have said, you know, your story is really inspiring and you really need to get it out there. And I've been hesitant in doing that um, because it does involve um, other people and people who have hurt me and who have done things to me that weren't very nice. And mm -hmm. so I've been hesitant in that I don't want um, to, to put out a story that causes others to use their emotions to seek revenge. I would rather those emotions be used to help others and to build empathy. Um, and so it was, I would say about October or November of last year, um, I went on a podcast with my um, business coach, uh, mm -hmm. Tina Torres, who is the gratitude specialist. And she was like, girl, we have got to get your book out there. And I was like, ah, I just don't have the time or the energy. I am very busy. And she was like, I'll, I'll work with you and I'll get you through this. And so she did. She coached me through. Um, the last six months of just writing, um, sorry, I'm saying I'm um a lot. <laughs> the last this isn't six months masters, of, it's totally fine. <laughs> writing every single night between one or between like midnight and three o'clock in the morning. I needed it to be at a time when everybody was asleep and I could truly process my thoughts and my emotions. And so working through that and just kind of having a coach and a supportive family has been really helpful. No, that's a beautiful thing. Um, now, I know it's important, and um, for those that are on the live stream here, um, this is going to go out on my podcast on the very next episode because there's a timeliness matter to this conversation. Um, your book goes live, I believe it was April 21st, right? Yes. So what's the title of it? Because pre-orders, that's what gets you up on the bestseller list. So um, yes. how do they find out about this? So the title is Perfectly Flawed. You can find the book at perfectlyflawedbook.com mm -hmm. and you can get on the wish list right now. Um, what was the other question? <laughs> so, I mean, that that's one of the big ones. Um, <laughs> is it going to be just go through your website or is it already loaded to like an Amazon? Like how do they find out? About It'll be that? through the website. Yes. Okay. Direct. Sweet. Yes. Cause that's, um, um, I have a couple of friends that have launched books. Um, a couple got on the bestseller list. So I'm really big on, you know, pre-sale, you know, books aren't that expensive. You can mm -hmm. learn something. I'll add, it will be on Amazon. It'll be through, you'll go through my website and it'll take you to the Amazon. Yes. All right. Now that that's a beautiful thing. You know, as I look at it, Janae, um, you know, the business owners I work with, a lot of them are veterans as well. The stories that you're talking about dealing with the adversity it doesn't necessarily have to match up with like fashion because um, that's your method of expression and the way that you connect with your clientele. Mm -hmm. The story you're telling, like as far as identifying a tribe, connecting with your client base, that's stuff that every business owner can take a lesson from. So if 
you know, those are some of the things, you know, tied in with this story, you know, talking from the financial guy side of the house, like that's going to help drive revenue in your business. If you can learn how like you go through it. Um, and then I imagine on your socials, you talk a little bit about the different items that you pick out, why you got them. Um, just it's a guess, but it sounds like it'd be about right. So is that the kind of stuff that's in the book as well? Or is it just a little bit of the story? Yes, I do talk in the book about, um, you know, how I started my business and some of the the process that I've gone through um, in order to grow my business and the challenges that I experienced as a business owner, because, um, you know, you go through a lot of challenges as well. But you're right that it's really about a, a community and um, building a community. For me, you know, it's been the community of um, women who felt like they weren't uh, they, they weren't able to express themselves. For example, I am a professional woman and um, there's a perception that if I dress a certain way, I may not be trustworthy or it, it may impact my ability to do my job, um, but it shouldn't. There should be zero correlation between how I dress outside of work and how I perform at work. And so uh, that's kind of some of the community that I've built is people who really want to be able to freely express themselves and um, and finally, just kind of break free of some of those uh, mental models that have been holding them back. And so, yeah, that can translate with other businesses as well. Absolutely. And to the people that do that, because um, in corporate America, I've seen this too, where it's like, oh, that tie is aggressive. It's like, bro, this is a tie. Yeah. <laughs> like, how does that change my competencies? It doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you don't stop, I'm gonna mix pastels with stripes. Like, just keep it up. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's gonna get wild. So, I mean, it, it happens to the guys too. That's all I'm saying. Like, oh, oh, I I know it does. Yeah, right. I don't I don't think that it's limited to women. Actually, it's interesting. It's interesting you say that um, because in the beginning of the book, I actually put a uh, disclaimer at the front, and I said, look, a lot of what I'm gonna talk to lends to women because that's my lens. That's what I've seen life through as a woman. Um, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't take away from the experiences that men have had. And I believe there's a lot of men who can relate to the stories that I have in my book, as well as have seen their friends and family go through similar situations. Yeah, I, I'd say that as a full translation. Um, if you're open up the scope to just receive the information, um, there's different there? ways that that applies. Jenny, we're, we're actually at a, the point where I wrap up most of these interviews, so... Um, we got a couple comments from some of the other veterans that actually chipped in to uh, support you today. Um, actually, one of them is one of the best SEO people in the industry, uh, Patrick Burt. Um, another I've author. Heard about Patrick? Yeah, he he's a legend. Um, Doug Berry's on here. He actually is a children's book author. Uh, he works in lodging for the Air Force as well. So, uh, looks like you got a bit of a tribe <laughs> here uh, catching in on you today. So perfectlyflawedbook.com. Um, Janae, perfectly flawed, essentially in every way that you'd go onto the internet, yes. it sounds like. Yes. So um, I don't have a TikTok, but I've heard I have to do that. So I might have to bug you for some lessons on that. Yes. Um, but if you're listening, buy the book. Don't, don't think about it. Just buy the book, read the book, see if you can apply the lessons and use them in your business. And help support another fellow veteran. Thank you. So, uh, Janae, anything else for everybody before we wrap up here? 
Nothing. I just want to say thank you. I, I appreciate you giving me the time to come on your podcast. And I love, love, love when veterans support other veterans. So it really means a lot to me. Thank you. Yeah. And hey, we're all family at the end yes, of the day. Are. So uh, happy to do that. And like I said, this will be getting out on the very next episode. Um, and congratulations on becoming an author. That's awesome. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. everybody so that wraps up the live stream with Janae Sergio and uh, appreciate you taking a listen to this episode it's always fantastic to be able to support other uh, veterans especially when they're trying to make a positive change in the space so Janae's book can be found on perfectlyflawedbook.com in all of her social media you can find her uh, Janae Perfectly Flawed uh, Janae Sergio uh, She'll come up, but if you can support her, that'd be awesome. Looks like the book goes live on the 21st, so this is a little bit of a timely update for the podcast, and I appreciate everybody taking a listen today. Thank you.